Tanya and I appreciate the kindness of the session to give me the privilege to preach God's Word today. It's a sacred task and thankful for, for it. We're, uh, we're grateful for the fellowship of Free Pre- the Faith Free Presbyterian Church. It's going on 40 years for me uh, and almost that long for Tanya, of the association. Um, remember being in a prayer meeting on Sharon Drive. That was the first and only service, I think, before we went to Buffalo and became Reformed and, and, uh, and returned to the Free Church. But I can remember Dr. Cairns preaching the word on, uh, on the Wednesday and, and the song, Nothing Between My Soul and the Savior, that I'd never heard before. And, and what was also special was that when it came time to pray, we all remained in the same room and men and women prayed together. And it was something I'd not experienced before in a public setting, and it was just a, a wonderful thing to pray together. The last time I saw Dr. Cairns, he was behind me here when I was preaching, and he, it was the sitting that helped the preaching or, or uh, certainly kept the fire under the, under the feet. But Dr. and Mrs. Cairns were very kind to Tanya and me after the fire of December uh, 2019. They sent us a gift and a very kind note and uh, certainly miss being able to see them today. But one day we will see one another as our brothers and sisters pass on, as we, our, our number might be called sooner than later. Children, I have a question to ask, um, and young people. What's the commonest, and that is a word, most common, proper name in the New Testament that we read? If you said Jesus, that's true. But another question is, what uh, is the, uh, the name borne by most characters in the New Testament? The name borne by most characters in the New Testament, and you'll discover that in Luke chapter 23 as we turn there together to listen to God's word. Luke chapter 23. Commence at verse 25. Let us listen to the, together to this precious portion of God's word. And he, that is Pilate, released unto them him, that is Barabbas, that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired. But he delivered Jesus to their will. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me. But weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. 
Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? There were also two other malefactors or evildoers led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, He gave up the ghost. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Young people and children, if you guessed Simon, you guessed correctly. No fewer than ten Simons are found in the New Testament. And so it is a... A, uh, a series of biographies that I think are, are helpful. As we learned, as Jonathan Edwards said, that there are two ways of recommending true religion, doctrine and precept, and what he called instance and example, which certainly includes biographies. And there are many biblical biographies, and we learn from all these different, what do we call these uh, Topics or these these categories, genres is that what, is that how we pronounce it? And so I would like to, us to think about the biography of Simon from Cyrene or from Cyrene, the Simon the Cyrenian. You know, when you think of this character, if you've read in the the bulletin, I believe he was a surprised convert. Certainly, he was surprised to uh, find himself in the situation where the Lord, in which the Lord placed him. 
And though we cannot be dogmatic that he was converted that day, and some find it difficult to feel that he was ever converted, but I take sides with that. But this was certainly a surprise for him. And, you know, all of us like surprises, don't we? If you're a child, you like maybe a surprised bicycle or a certain toy or a new Bible. And even we adults like surprises, don't we? My mother-in-law would love, love the surprise of a load of cow manure for her gardens. Um, maybe that doesn't satisfy us, but a, a fl flowers or a chat book or some memorabilia. Our children, uh, unbeknown to us, or went through the rubble after the, the, uh, the fire and pulled out some memorabilia. And at Christmas time, while Tiny and I were seated on the couch, they pulled out a metal or a glass case, and in it was uh, some memories, to say the least. They actually found a couple of albums with, and since we're in the middle of the alphabet, well, here she was actually toward the end. I don't know how they found Whitmer because the sides, the front and the back, burned more. But they found our pictures in our Bob Jones yearbooks. And they had some burn marks, but the interesting thing is they found a little Louisville Slugger baseball bat. It was wooden. I got from Cooperstown, and I don't know how that didn't burn, and the whole house did. But they were certainly, it was certainly a surprise. But how about the greatest gift of all? And, you know, in a real sense, whenever we're converted, it's, it's a surprise. Did, did any of us attend a service and say, I'm going to get saved today? Maybe you, maybe you did. It was a surprise to me in 1978 even to be in a worship service. But what a surprise to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, to be alive in that very generation. And perhaps there are three in this passage that receive surprises. One questionable but I, don't, I wouldn't, be doubt, I wouldn't doubt to, f to find Barabbas in heaven. Didn't Jesus literally take his place? One definite, the crucified thief. But I believe one hopeful, Simon from North Africa. And each of the, th the first three evangelists reserve one verse in their account. Let me combine the three accounts into a full description. And as they came out... They found one, a certain man of Cyrene, a passerby coming out of the country or the field, Simon by name, the father of Alexander and Rufus, and him they compelled and seized to carry Jesus' cross, and upon him they laid the cross that he might carry it behind Jesus. I believe that we can find some clues to indicate that this Simon came to faith in Christ and represents many who are surprised by regeneration. And again, which of us was not surprised by regeneration, which is an act of God alone? So let us be encouraged that God loves to gift his people with the surprise of salvation. Clue number one, we call providence. It says, as they came out, a passerby was coming from the countryside. So you've got the, the crowd exiting 
that particular gate with Jesus and at least two others to be crucified. As he was, you know, crucified outside the gate of Jerusalem, Hebrews 13. Simon was just passing by. Was he coming from North Africa? Was he a resident now in Jerusalem? Was he working in the field? I, I don't know. But he was just passing by, we're told. Could it be that he knew nothing of the events of that day? And you know, if you're anything like our generation, we love gory things. I, I imagine that the, the crowd swelled that day going out to Calvary, and he was just minding his business. He was probably, my guess, he was a North African, a Jewish, Jewish proselyte perhaps. But you know, he would say, if we talk to him today, he might say, you know, I thought when that occurred, it was the worst day of my life to carry the cross of a criminal. The worst day of my life. But he was in the right place at the right time. Really was the best day of his life. Was it providence or victimization? How often do we hear policemen and others say that they were in the wrong place at the wrong time? A stray bullet, a predatory killer, lightning, a freak accident, the collapse of a building, a shark attack, a random arrow. God's amazing ways, though, to situate his elect people for salvation getting Mary to Bethlehem for the birth of Jesus to fulfill prophecy, getting Philip to the eunuch to point him to Jesus. Isn't it ironic that the eunuch couldn't find Jesus in Jerusalem? And then here's the reverse, that this man found Jesus in Jerusalem. God is sovereign. He situated Moses to meet Jethro. and I believe Jethro's one of the elect. Situates the thief who's crucified near Jesus. The 11th hour and the 59th minute. Perhaps you heard the story of Tim Williams, a minister up north, a good friend of Jeff Bannister, that he was headed for a river to commit suicide, and he found a piece of gospel literature on the way. Now he's preaching the gospel. An unsaved neighbor invited me to church in 1978 in a, in a dormitory at West Virginia University. I had no plans to go to church that morning. He sat as cold as ice while the word was preached, and the Lord drew me. Figure that out. I saw him two years later in the Coliseum where they play basketball and other sports, and he's sitting on the floor with his girlfriend, and, and I'm finishing up my third year to transfer to Bob Jones Seminary, and I looked at Garnett, and I said, Garnett, I haven't seen you for a while, and he looked up at me and just gave me just a couple winks and a couple uh, stares and went back to his business. Why wasn't that 
me. Providence, not coincidence. Aren't the evangelists teasing us with these clues, this clue of providence? If anyone is saved, when you think about it, we're, there's providence involved. If you're raised in a Christian home, what a blessed providence that is. But what heavy responsibility. Whether you've heard a radio message or read a tract or been invited to a church, it's the providence of God that led you there. There had to be the means of the word to reach you. Secondly, we might call the second clue calling, election. They found one, a certain man from Cyrene, and him they compelled. The soldiers were looking for someone to carry the cross. There were many others they could have chosen. No doubt they were probably looking for a, a, a muscular a, a, a person that could hold that, that carry that beam. But there were others that they could have chosen. Why was there the need to seek assistance? Well, Jesus was a human being. He was exhausted. He had been tortured. He was, had a sleepless night, much blood loss. And so they didn't want the embarrassment of the victim to die before the, the crucifixion. There was a choice to be made. There was a crowd following. The city was teeming with pilgrims coming in for the Passover. And again, they chose Simon. Why me? The account, no doubt, is given by Simon to Luke as an eyewitness or others who were there. I was chosen out of the sea of humanity. The election of men, you say? I say the election of God. Indeed, we are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world that we might be holy and without blame before him in love. Why are we saved? Because we're elected. Why are we elected? Because we're loved. Why are we loved? Because we're loved. If indeed he come from North Africa, he had to leave home to find Christ. It's often the case. I had to leave Syracuse to find Christ in Morgantown, West Virginia. Why? I don't understand. There were believers in Syracuse. Our second baseman tried to reach me, and I had no time. Insulted him. Why not in Libya? Cyrene, Cyrene had a Jewish community. We can't answer those questions. God has his purposes. Certainly in mine, my wife happened to be li living in Morgantown. That helped. If you're saved, you're saved because you're elect and because you're loved. There has to be, though, a move of God. And the third clue is compulsion. Remember the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5? And whoever, whosoever compels you to go one mile, go two with him. The Persians stationed couriers on horses to relay information and to force people to journey to perform a service, and apparently the, the Romans had adapted it. that Soldiers could force, especially foreigners, to go a second mile. And so this probably went something like this. Hey, you, yeah, you, come over here. 
And you wonder if Simon's trying to hide behind people and you over there, get over here, help him out. He was compelled, indeed. The constraint of the law of man, you say, again, is this not a clue of the constraint of the love of God that constrains us? Lydia was constrained, Paul and Silas, and she, she basically said to them, if you consider me a believer, then you've got to let me show hospitality. If you don't come to my house, then you consider me an unbeliever. I guess they had their hands tied. It's the same word of them drawing or dragging fish to shore. And Jesus uses the word theologically in John 6, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. Drag him. An unwilling participant was Simon? Yes. He didn't volunteer. He was volunteered. An unwilling participant? Yes. But God conquers our stubborn wills. But he really replaces them, doesn't he? Oh, we all receive the general call, at least today. We need the effectual call of God. We might say we resist the optional call, but there's an effectual conquering draw of grace that is certain by regeneration. As many as were ordained to eternal life believe. If you and I are saved this morning, it is with irresistible grace that God overcame our rebellion. Sin is conquering, but grace reigns. Did Simon at first despise Jesus because he had to carry his cross? You wonder what was going on in his mind as they as he lifted that beam and and walked literally right behind the Savior. What went on in his mind? Besides, this is the worst day of my life. I have to go home and be known as the man that carried the cross of a criminal. Illustration is the next clue. A glaring picture. It says, him they compelled to carry the cross... He carried it behind Jesus. Could someone carry the cross of Jesus and yet be unmoved? Yes. Can you nail the Savior and be unmoved? Yes. But is this not another clue? What an important task to perform, to carry the cross of Jesus, to walk behind the Savior he could say for all eternity, I was the one that had the privilege of carrying the cross of Jesus. And doesn't Jesus say of every believer, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me? You say it's our cross, not his. But are we not crucified with Christ? Yes, ours is not an atoning cross. Jesus is the, had the atoning cross, as it were, Cross work. Ours is though the affirming cross. His atoning, suffering for our sins. Ours confessing and suffering and ministering for him. Christians, we must be willing to take the hit. 
because the stigma would be there for him if he wasn't converted, that he carried the cross of the criminal. But now the stigma would be carried, would be felt that he is literally now a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we willing to take the hit for our Savior? Are we insulting him by our, our guilty silence? Pray for me that God will make me a bolder public witness for him. How do you navigate as a bus driver with many young people that you're driving and families and fellow bus drivers and mechanics and attendants and teachers? How do you navigate and be a bold witness. I confess my cowardice often. I need your prayers. But Simon would have to take the hit. It reminds me of when I picked Dr. Paisley up at the Buffalo Airport many years ago. Our church became a free church in 1992. And then I was ordained a free Presbyterian minister in 95. I picked up Dr. Paisley in 92, and we had a, a, a Dodge minivan at that time. And uh, as, as he came out of the, the doors of the airport, I walked around and I opened the, the front passenger side door, and he, sl- he swung the side door open and he said, you take the hit. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Paisley. I'm looking for snipers. (laughs) Oh, how we miss so many of our brothers and sisters, don't we? But we're to carry the baton. Are we willing to take the hit? If anyone is saved, there must be cross-bearing. Ask Stephen, James, the apostles, Paul, who was stoned and beaten with rods and many dangers. John Huss burned at the stake. Elliot speared to death. Judson on his death march. Peyton fleeing cannibals before he led them to the Lord and taught them the Sabbath day. And he would go back home and say, oh, I'd long to get back to the, long to get back to the Hebrides because I missed the Sabbath day. In Scotland, he felt sorry how it had, how it had, the Sabbath had, been neglected in that great land. Oh, that the Lord would magnify the law and make it honorable, bring back the Lord's day to be precious in the eyes of believers. Did Simon begin to melt? Did he remain at Calvary a few more hours? Did he run with a bag over his head? We don't know. But certainly, a key clue is Jesus. The Scripture, the Bible, he was right behind Jesus. He was able to see the courage, the poise, the love. He heard the words of Jesus to the women that followed, revealing truth, cautioning, warning them, and other unrecorded words and actions. It's interesting how I heard a preacher say once that he has seen more people converted when he intended to preach to Christians than when he intended to preach to lost people. 
Again, is it not the power of God, the sovereignty of God? I hear the words of love. I gaze upon the blood. Did he remain long enough to hear the seven sayings of the cross? Father, forgive them, not forgive me. Jesus had no sin of his own to confess. Forgive them. Faith cometh by hearing. How will they hear without a preacher? Simon had the best preacher ever. Spurgeon would argue that Jesus was the prince of preachers. Never a man spake like this man. Never a man suffered like this man. Never a criminal gave such evidence of being innocent. The words of Jesus, the words of God, the power of the gospel. Is that not a clue? Perhaps the final clue is generation. There's a legacy, you know. There's a sequel to the story of Simon from Cyrene. We believe he became an influence. It says in Mark, he captured that Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. Why did he name his sons? It's an editorial comment. No reason to add those Add this comment unless his sons were well-known to believers that were going to read his account. Alexander and Rufus must have been well-known to Mark's readers. And interestingly, it is believed that Mark wrote his gospel from Rome, where it's recorded in Romans 16, 13, that Rufus, greet Rufus, the chosen of the Lord, and his mother and mine. And so that completes the family circle. Simon, his wife, his sons. The circle is complete. Household salvation. The Lord loves to save households, doesn't he? He loves to complete homes. And perhaps there's an incomplete home today. A son or a daughter, a husband or a wife, a father or a mother. People are pleading for your souls. They care for you. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Jesus is passing by. Hear the words of love. Gaze upon the blood. He was concerned for his family. Father, are you concerned for your family? Are you having family worship? Keeping, on the, keeping fresh Words, the words of the Lord to your children, to your wife. Read the Bible every day. Have a time. I know it's challenging. If it has to be brief, just read the Bible, pray, sing. Our children have to have the word of God saturate their souls and minds when they leave home without Christ. It'll come back to them. We believe he pointed his children to Christ. Is this the Simon among the Cyrenians evangelizing in Antioch and then a leader in Antioch, Acts 11 and Acts 13? Both Barnabas and Simeon, same name, called Niger. 
had a man say to me once, your Jesus is a white man's God. I said, no, he's a little lighter skin than you and a little darker skin than me. He's a savior of all kinds of sinners like you and me. Simon returned home, a new man, and determined like Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Faithful parent. Is this not, Simon, an example? Establish domestic worship, covenant with a good church, be a public witness to Jesus' cross. Simon says nothing. Did you notice that? He says nothing. What is said of him is deafening. A hopeful, surprised Christian. Not certain, you say, but not improbable. There are many scriptural examples of surprised converts. Remember the man that said, Surely the Lord is, is in this place, and I knew it not. Think about the man that was knocked from his high horse. How about the Philippian jailer? You think he thought he was going to be a Christian that night? Surely the thief on the cross. What about Barabbas? And then there are a lot of unlikely surprise converts. You ever heard the story of Rosaria Butterfield? I'm from Syracuse, and she was a Syracuse professor, and she was a lesbian, and she was a leader among the LGBTQ crowd. And a minister and his wife loved her and challenged her. They were honest. I have a minister friend that has two gay men living next door, and he invited them for dinner, and they said, do you not know we're gay, and do you think it's sin? He says, yes, but I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. I needed to be saved. Rosaria was converted. She rolled out of bed with her partner to the public worship service and got saved. Jesus saves sinners like you and like me. No surprise that Jesus saved before the cross, on the way to the cross, at the cross, and after the cross. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The way of the cross leads home. Simon didn't share in the atonement by carrying the cross any more than Joseph and Nicodemus by carrying the Christ of the cross. But oh, what a blessing to be associated Salvation, one man said, separates us from commonplaceness to become involved in the great history of the cross. Don't worry about being on the right side of history, as they say today. The right side of history is the way of the cross. No, that's for sure. There's a day of judgment coming. Don't dare to be without Christ one more day, one more minute. This strains as a little child. I used to put my ear to my parents' door at, on Christmas Day just to make sure they were breathing because I didn't know where they were going if they died, and I didn't know where I was going. 
you can know where you're going. You can know Christ even today. Is it not that you would be a surprised convert? Maybe you didn't come to be saved today. But be saved today. Hear the words of love. See the blood. Gaze upon the blood. And is this not also God's way of God's wisdom? There's a Simon that denies him, and now he causes a Simon to confess him. Isn't that poetic justice in a way? I wonder if Simon met Simon. A lot of Simons. Simon the Tanner and so on. The worst day of his life became the best day of his life. You carried the cross of a criminal. I carried the cross of Christ. You darkened the door of a church. I was enlightened by the light of the world. What a privilege. What a privilege to be a Christian. Are you a Christian in name only or are you a Christian in heart? I want to be a Christian in my heart. In my heart. Please. Every single sinner is undeceived when we get saved. We're all deceived until we get converted. Deceived by good works, wishful thinking, false doctrine. Every single one of us has to be undeceived. Don't deceive yourself. If you profess to be a Christian and are not regenerate, if there's not fruit, Confess our sins unto the Lord. Be sure. And, and you know, the, the sad thing often is the true believer is the one that takes the warning. And the one dead in their trespasses and sins remains. Oh, be awakened by the word of God. Be awakened. Let this be the best day of your life. Whether it be saved or healed, forgiven, Give it a new page, a blank page, a new beginning for all of us. There's a world out there that needs to see Christ in us. And the only Bible that most of them read is right there. You and I, living epistles known and read of all men, to point them to the Word of God. Let's not be afraid. Let's confess to Christ our our worldliness, our cowardice, our idolatry. Ask him to help us. Often I pray, don't let me die a coward. Let me live for you. Make my life count. The sands of time are sinking, aren't they? And I believe that most of the sand is on the bottom for me. What a surprise. He loves to give surprises. Thank God for his salvation. Amen. We bless you, Lord.
You love to save. You're so generous. Lord, how often you save after we've heard your word over and over and over again. Long-suffering toward us. Thank you. Give us such love, Lord, that we are long-suffering and kind, forgiving, persistent, prayerful. Lord, you promise that your word will not return void. We count on your promise. None of us would leave unchanged. May we be changed into the Savior's image. May we be changed from sinners into saints. These things we pray for the glory of Christ and for the advancement of thy kingdom. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Amen.